You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. And now, a message from Cyberbit. Mastering cybersecurity is like mastering a sport. You build muscle memory through rigorous practice. Then you train as a team to foster cohesion while operating under pressure. Like athletes, cybersecurity professionals thrive on hands-on simulation. But traditional courses, certifications, and open-source labs won't build you a winning team. You need Cyberbit. Cyberbit offers a hyper-realistic simulation environment for your SOC, IR, and C-suite to refine your skills. All using the market-leading SIMs, EDRs, firewalls, and WAFs they use every day. Cyberbit is offering CyberWire listeners a free live-fire exercise. Sign up your team now at cyberbit.com slash cyberwire. Turla Malware returns, this time in Switzerland. Lessons we should all learn from the Panama Papers, and that's you too, Congress. Tesla Crypt's proprietors seem to have found it easier to move on to CryptX than to go straight. The recently patched Flash Zero Day has appeared in the Angler, Neutrino, and Magnitude exploit kits. Swift gets ready for a security upgrade. The U.S. Department of Justice investigates allegations of retaliation against whistleblowers. Guccifer cops a plea. And the Scunthorpe problem is with us still. I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary for Tuesday, May 24th, 2016. Turla Espionage Malware is back, and it recently hit Swiss defense firm RUAG. Switzerland's CERT described the incident as a patiently staged and executed attack using Epic Turla, previously seen in espionage directed against governments, military organizations, and embassies. The attacker used complex sets of vectors to gain access to closely targeted accounts, then pivoted through the compromised networks to achieve their goals. The campaign appears to date to 2014 at least. No attribution yet, but Turla is generally held to have an Eastern European, almost surely Russian, provenance. The Panama Papers' postmortems proceed, reaching some consensus among observers that Masek Fonseca was the victim of an SQL injection attack, the oldest hack in the book, as IT Pro Portal puts it. AFCEA's Signal blog offers lessons from the incident, and they're familiar. Segment data, impose access controls, and encrypt information. Also, monitor your network traffic and respond quickly to evidence of compromise. Similar advice is also being offered in a bipartisan way to the U.S. House of Representatives by two of its members, Representatives Will Hurd, a Republican from Texas in the 23rd District, and Ted Lieu, Democrat from California in the 33rd. They emailed their colleagues Monday to offer some good advice on security. Of interest, they show some love for encryption. You'll recall that ESET recently received the keys to TeslaCrypt, along with expressions of remorse and implied promises of reform from the ransomware's criminal masters. There was, it appears, less altruism here than met the eye. Bleeping Computer says TeslaCrypt's impresarios appear to have made a simple business decision to transition to Cryptex. Ransomware has recently hit healthcare enterprises. The medical sector faces other challenges as well, notably securing the privacy of patient records. We spoke with Robert Lord from Protenus about why this is difficult and what can be done about it. What we noticed from the inside was that it was a real challenge 
to uh, protect electronic medical records because there's a huge attack surface that's inherent to medicine itself. And what this means is that if you have any access to an electronic medical record, you essentially have ubiquitous access to it. Um, you can't necessarily use rule-based access control or network segmentation or a lot of the other tools that are used to, to control and protect data in these networks because the challenge is in healthcare, everyone needs to be able to access most of the data most of the time. One of the challenges the medical industry faces is that medical records can be extremely valuable on the black market. Depending on your, the source, while a social security number goes for about a quarter on the black market and a credit card number a dollar, an electronic medical record can go for upwards of $1,000. And this is because medical records can be used for a wide array of, of very specific and dangerous threats. They can be used for Medicare fraud. They can be used for prescription fraud. They can be used for good old-fashioned identity theft. They can be used for medical blackmail in cases where individuals might have sensitive diagnoses. Robert Lord warns that a lack of confidence in the security of medical records isn't just a consumer issue. It could be slowing down the development of new treatments as well. There are still a lot of issues around trust with this data. Until you have systems that ensure the appropriate use, user by user, patient by patient, scenario by scenario, of all of this data, you're not really going to be in a situation where people are going to feel comfortable processing, analyzing, and using that data uh, for anything from clinical trials uh, to personalized medicine to the wide array of, of promises that have been levied by the EMR industry. So I guess where I see things going is I think that privacy and security enhancing technologies like Protenis will really pave the way for advances that right now have been slowed and, and blocked for a variety of different reasons. But I think that once we can restore that trust in healthcare, we're going to see an explosion using all of the data that we have, using all of the information, and people feeling that not only is it providing benefit, but they don't need to make that privacy and security trade-off that right now I think people feel a lot of tension around. That's Robert Lord from Protenis. The recently patched Flash Zero Day has now been integrated into at least three exploit kits, as FireEye, Proofpoint, Cyfort, and Caffeine have told ThreatPost. It's being distributed with Magnitude, Angler, and Neutrino. In industry news, the Swift Funds Transfer System plans to release a plan for upgrading security sometime today. The organization plans to improve information sharing, harden security requirements for its member institutions, and offer those members help in detecting fraud through some form of pattern recognition. IBM may be preparing another round of layoffs, but that doesn't mean it's not hiring. It is, just not in those areas supporting business lines it's exiting. Security types remain in demand. V-Armor has raised $41 million to support expansion of its data center and cloud security business. U.S. Cyber Command has announced the companies who've won places on its big, that's $460 million big, cyber IDIQ contract. The primes include KW, Vencore, Booz Allen Hamilton, SAIC, CACI Federal, and Secure Mission Solutions. Romanian hacker Marcel Leal Lazar, better known by his nom de hack Guccifer, is preparing to plead guilty to several charges in U.S. federal court. Guccifer is famous for his claims to have doxed former President Bush and to have pwned former Secretary of State Clinton's now famous and controversial homebrew email server. The latter claim is disputed by both Ms. Clinton, who says it never happened, and the State Department, who says there's no evidence it happened. 
In the U.S., dismissed Department of Defense Assistant Inspector General John Crane has filed charges with the Office of Special Counsel alleging illegal retaliation against whistleblowers. At least one of the charges has been referred to the Justice Department for investigation. Finally, if you didn't think that acting against terrorist information operations was technically tough, consider the pitfalls the ambiguity of natural language places in the technologist's path. Residents of Oxfordshire are having trouble with PayPal, which, with the best intentions in the world and considerable official encouragement, is blocking payments headed for ISIS. Unfortunately, there's an ISIS river nearby, and plenty of innocents live on streets with names that include the word ISIS. We'll leave it as an exercise for you to come up with other innocent usages of ISIS. This issue of having problematic words embedded in innocent words is known as the Scunthorpe problem, and we'll also leave it to you to figure out why. We are, after all, a family show. Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use. With zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications, so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps, keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. Joining me once again is John Lisabor. He's the CTO at Quintessence Labs, one of our academic and research partners. John, I know you all do a lot of research with cloud data storage, uh, particularly on how to protect your data in the cloud. Yes, yeah, so cloud data storage is one of those areas that we're seeing increasing take-up by many, many different uh, individuals and organizations. Uh, most of us have uh, subscriptions to to some sort of cloud storage service like Dropbox or Drop or maybe uh, at enterprise level we're using Google, AWS or Glacier or something like that. And uh, what we're doing when we're using these services is uh, we're handing over our information, our data to the, uh, the operators of those services. Now, in some cases that's okay, you know, we might not be too worried about um, having our information stored and managed in someone else's system and in fact from a, a cost and operational point of view it, it's, it's very advantageous, it's a lot easier to use 
someone else's well-managed and uh, secure, to some degree, system to uh, store our data. But when it comes to, to data that is particularly concerning with respect to loss or, and by loss I mean, um, I guess, loss of confidentiality information, then we need to have a, a bit of a closer think, a bit of a harder think about how we use cloud data storage services. I'm not saying we shouldn't trust cloud storage vendors, but um, uh, I guess like, like most, of, most of the listeners here today, um, I am concerned that when I hand over my data to a third party, that third party not only contractually is bound to look after my data properly, but actually does look after it, even in the face of you know, perhaps a subpoena from a, from a relevant authority um, or even from accidental revealing of information stored in their services. So with cloud data storage, how to protect it, I guess if we have those sorts of concerns, I think there's only uh, one real answer is to look to encryption technologies to uh, protect that information. Uh, but when using those encryption technologies, make sure that the encryption is performed in such a way that the provider that's storing the information is not in control of the keys. So that might mean encrypt your data before you pass it out to a storage service, or it might mean use two or more different um, vendors out there to handle a different part of each piece of the storage solution. So perhaps one vendor manages the keys, another vendor manages the actual storage itself. And uh, through that sort of um, methodology, you can provide uh, a bit of a, a higher level of protection around that information that you're giving to someone else to look after on your behalf. John Lisabor, thanks for joining us. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com slash cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And that's the CyberWire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. Now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI. <laughs>